Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast. I'm Nancy Bush, and we're talking about sales success in an uncertain economy today. I have experienced this firsthand uh, that even a crystal ball could not have predicted some of the stuff I've witnessed, as has today's guest, Mike Langendurfer, who's been the owner of the countertop shop in Monclova, Ohio, for over 30 years. He's been a longtime supporter of ISFA, and he serves on our board of directors. Welcome, Mike. And also joining us is Tim Sidoris of Grand Onyx, which is a company dedicated to servicing the stone fabricator industry. Uh, let's start with you, Mike. Can you tell us a little bit more about the countertop shop? Well, as you said, I've been in business for over 30 years, uh, in the countertop business for 32 years as of June 1st. Um, we have grown tremendously over the years to the point that I'm not exactly sure how we got here, other than I'll put a plug in for ISFA that I owe pretty much most of my success up till now to my contacts and my dealings with ISFA. Um, so oh, that's, that's where we are. Um, our business continues to grow. Um, we built a new building in 2015. We added on in 17. We're in the process of adding on again right now. Um, it's a family owned business. My wife, my daughter, and my son came back to work for us and, um, life is good. Business is good. That's awesome. How many sales reps do you have and how much of that business is wholesale versus, uh, retail? Um, we have 30, about 30% 30 of our business is walk-in retail business. Um, we do builders, kitchen and bath designers, about probably about 25 to 30% is builders. The rest of it would be kitchen and bath and designers. So about 30% of our business is walk-in. We have um, currently have two full-time outside sales reps. Um, we just added, um, my son worked for us for nine years and left three years ago. And we just uh, took on a bunch of accounts in Michigan. So we brought my son back to be the outside sales rep to cover the state of well, Southeast Michigan and a little bit of Ohio. Um, we have one other outside salesperson. We have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six people working in the showroom and a sales manager. So six, seven, eight, nine salespeople all together. Okay. And Tim, your company is a blend of two companies that you founded. Is that correct? And uh, can you expand a little bit on that? Okay. Yeah, Nancy, thanks for uh, having me and putting this together. Uh, so during the last recession is actually when I started two companies, InfoStream and Thrive. Uh, one is focused on digital marketing, so making the phone ring and basically coming up on Google. And then the second one is focused on manufacturing downtime, machine utilization, completely unrelated, different staffs, Starting two companies at the same time in a recession was certainly a challenge, but 10 years later, they're both going strong. And we did a pretty big exercise a little over a year ago, the teams, and 
you know, we thought, how, how are we going to grow, get to our next level of growth, right? Because that's what you always want to be doing is growing. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. And uh, during our review, we just realized that we loved working with stone fabricating companies. And it was when we realized that, holy cow, they have a full-blown manufacturing facility. And they don't necessarily have the same resources that large manufacturing facilities have. So it's a huge opportunity. And they're also incredibly dependent upon the internet, at least if they think about it, because internet sales has a much higher margin than what comes from Lowe's or a kitchen and a bath dealer or a designer. You know, it's just, it's a great opportunity for that industry. So we said, let's put our heads together. Let's come up with a, with a brand. Let's build a team and let's make some waves, right? Grow some businesses. I love it. So how, how did you meet Mike and, and tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, back to the whole point of sales success in an uncertain economy. How did, so, how did that all come about? So Mike and I started working a few years ago, uh, started working with the team took over his website, started generating leads, can kind of grew into that because of the internet, there's so many things you can do. You know, Facebook <laughs> ads, those creepy ads that follow you around, right? And what's working, what's not? And that was the question that Mike was always asking. Is this working? I don't know, right? Because the phone's ringing, but traditional marketing, you can't measure it. You don't know if the billboard's working. You don't know if the advertisement at the local high school game is actually paying off. So we started recording phone calls. We started recording phone calls and we started reviewing phone calls together. And what we realized was that there was a decent percentage that were, you know, that, you know, I mean, just the life of a salesperson, right? The phone rings, they get a text message, somebody walks in the room, they get distracted. And when they're doing paper, the salespeople want to sell. They don't want to do paperwork. And what we noticed is that a lot was getting missed. They were getting distracted. Or somebody said, yeah, you know, I'll come in tomorrow. And the salesperson says, sure, come on in. Then they never do because that person gets distracted and the salesperson never follows up. Like it was a, it was certainly an opportunity. And we learned a lot. We learned a lot. And, and to expand on that a little bit. When Tim and I first got started, it was to redesign our website, um, which needed a lot of work. Um, and we got through that. Then we went to Google words, search words. Um, you know, basically they were showing us all the metrics for all of that, that what was going on with it. And it just kind of trans, you know, grew into this, what we're doing now with the recording, the phone calls and the follow-up. And as a countertop shop, we really do a I can't use four letter words on the internet, but we really do a bad job of follow up with our customers. I mean, it's the old thing about throwing them, see what sticks to the wall. I mean, we put out a lot of quotes, but we don't follow up, especially with the retail customers. Um, and that's what we hear all the time when they come in and our competition never called them back or they went to the, you know, to the box store and the box store, well, the guy was here on Tuesday, but he won't be back till Sunday. So what do I do? So. Tim has got a system working with us that the follow-up, the calls come in and it's assigned to a particular salesperson, but it's very easy to drag that responsibility from one salesperson to another 
Um, if one is overwhelmed, we give it to somebody else. But the biggest thing is, is the, the consistency of following up on it. And I will admit that when this all got started, I was pretty reluctant to-, to um, That's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> I was reluctant. But looking back on it now, my only comment was, I wish we would have pushed harder and moved faster. Um, we're seeing very good success with it right now. Um, and, and, it's, and it's evolving every day, like, you know, getting it to work along with more aware. So there's no, not dual entries and things like this. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that is very valuable to our company right now. And I think if you went out and talked to our showroom staff, I, you know, they're, they're very happy with the system. They're very glad it's there, um, makes it easy for them to follow up. And I really think at this point, they would be really mad if we, if we stopped it because it makes it so easy for them to follow up with their customers. It's become a good tool for them. What do you think your biggest hesitation reason was, Mike? Do you think it was just, you know, the comfort level of doing things the way they were, or was it, or was it just the disruption or the time to get it going? What do you, what do you think was the biggest concern for you? Well, one of my biggest hesitations was the time, the timing consumed with it that, um, you know, we, we have a good staff and we, we put out a lot of quotes every week. And I told the girls, Amy and Kaylin are the two out there that are the main um, people that are working with this or worked with him. And I said, I, I don't want to create more work. I want to create less work. I want to make the job easier, but also grow the business. And we ended up having um, Amy work directly with Tim for a week. And she was devoted her time to it. She, she was 100% committed to making the calls and following up and doing the things. And when she came back and said, this should save me four to five hours a week in time because I really love this system. And, and that was weeks ago and it's, it's morphed into quite a bit different now. But Amy was completely committed to doing this with Tim. And then when the other ones got on board, it was like, my hesitation was, I can't throw more work on top of these guys. You know, they're already working hard. I need to make it easier. And this system really is making it easier. So looking back, my hesitation was, you know, okay, it's really sounds good, but is it gonna work? Well, now I wish we would have done this six months ago. However, business is really booming right now. So we'll see. That's right, Tim? Fantastic. Yeah, that's it's exciting, it's for sure. And technology, if it's not making things easier, shouldn't be using it, period. And that's like the topic of this, of this discussion here is how do we survive in these times? It's technology. I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at the new laser products um, software that's coming out that's gonna make templating faster. The communications with the tablets that we put in, um, the follow-up with Tim, making it easier for them to click on the tablet and see all the information on that job that they're they're following up on or that customer that they're following up on all the information is right in front of them and it, it just makes it faster than having to look everything up every time um, yeah. and it doesn't make a difference which which salesperson actually picks up the call um, they've got the same information in front of them so technology is a big part of our of our sustainability right now do you think it also frees up your sales staff to to spend more time in more impactful ways to create an experience for your customer, Mike? Because you know they're not they're not as 
the the admin part of it is is more automated it sounds like so um you know some of those follow-ups and creating you know that cadence of following up and and all of those things that technology can help with can really you know open up and free up some time in other ways that are that probably really help drive that you know that from an order taker to an actual you know sales role right correct and <laughs> to put a plug in for the other products. I mean, Tim is working hand in hand with Moraware to integrate this stuff with there, but the, the, the Moraware, the changes that Moraware have made with their countergo and their systemized and Tim's system just works right in with that, that these calls are going to be automatically entered into the, the countergo. So we can do the quote, which will help save time right there. So pretty much everything we're doing with, with Tim right now is cutting down on the amount of time it takes to get the sale. I guess if we were to look at it, you know, six months ago, if it took an hour to get a sale back then, it's taken 30 minutes now. I mean, they're, they're saving a bunch of time. That's incredible. Nancy, can I, can I just share a couple of things that I've learned through this exercise? Yeah. So some things that, some interesting stats that have changed over the last five years, Mike, I don't even know if you know this, but it's been proven that when somebody calls you from the internet, 74% of their research is already done. They've looked at your website. They've looked at your reviews. They've checked out your Facebook page to see if you're active. Like they have, they, there's a lot of that decision-making process already done. And because of that, that first phone call, that first impression is transactional. They're going to call. And they're going to expect to talk to an expert, not somebody that's going to forward the call because they already got everything they want. Or they know the colors. They've likely seen your inventory. Like they're aware, right? They want it. They're ready to talk to a professional. So it's, and if they don't, they're just going to go to the next listing, right? Like, okay, these guys didn't pick up. Who's the next one I'm going to call? You know, that's why that first impression is just so critical. And Nancy, I think you had, didn't you have a stat that you just learned too? Yeah. So I had a, a manufacturer share with me that in their studies, only 7% of customers purchase based on brand. And what that really, that what I really think that tells is, you know, they're, they're looking for an expert to help them buy. By the time they make that phone call, Tim, based on your data and, and this data, I would say they're, they're ready to go. They need someone to help guide them to what's going to work best and that's really where i think the salesperson becomes the advisor role in helping them determine what you know what the best material what the best attributes how they lifestyle all those things and it gets them into that role and away from you know what brings you in today we know what brings you in today oh yeah it's this sure. countertop on the countertop shop sign right? I, yeah <laughs> I, I kind of agree with that the seven percent and kind of agree and disagree People don't, they go to the internet to find the brands. Like we found that out when we were using the search words. Um, a lot of it's just countertops or granite, but they're searching for, you know, a, a silestone or a decton or- and Tons of Cambria, tons right. of it. They're, they're looking for that, but then it's also sometimes a, a, a disservice because they're going on there and getting all their information. They come in here and we really have better colors or better pricing or other products and they've already made up their mind almost before they come. So I, I kind of agree with it that they don't, 7% buy on brand, the rest of them buy on their color, 
when they come in. So they're looking for somebody that can help them. And I think what Tim is doing with us right now with these phone calls, and we're working more on um, a, almost a script. Um, you know, I, I hate canned scripts, but we're working on something like that, that when they call coaching. in. Coaching is probably questions. a better term, Mike, coaching. Coaching, right. But I mean, like he said about the one that called and said, you know, are you open tomorrow afternoon? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll stop out. Well, if we would have made an appointment, they're more right. committed to come than if right. we just say, well, okay, I'm not, I'm too busy. I'm not going to go today. Well, if I had an appointment, I would show up. So my, it, my favorite one, my, the worst one to date, Nancy, okay. <laughs> you're, you're sitting down. So just hear this. This isn't Mike. This is one of the other few cu uh, customers we've worked with, but um, we were listening to a call and I literally fell out on my chair when I heard it. Somebody called and said, and the, the line, they were foreign, so it was a little hard to understand, but I could hear them and the computer was able to transcribe it. So it wasn't that bad. But they called and they said, yeah, I'd like to get a quote for 239 units. Oof. So you do the math on that, it's at least half a million, right? I mean, that'll make somebody's day. Uh, the sales rep, which was undertrained, undercoached, right? Because nobody was aware what her calls were like, what she was doing. She's trying her best. But uh, she said, I'm sorry, I can't understand you. Go to our website and fill out the form. Didn't ask for a name, didn't ask for a phone number, nothing. Didn't, didn't even consider saying, hey, you know what? What's your number? Let me call you back. Maybe I can get a better connection. I mean, we're talking a 15 second opportunity. And that's what's beautiful about your industry is that those are out there, right? Yeah. And when you hire somebody from Lowe's or somebody that's just going to answer the phones, they're not order takers. I mean, these are, you're looking between 4,000 to this example, a half a million dollar opportunity. Coach your people, you know, teach them how to convert. One of my favorite calls was um, somebody called about butcher block and within 12 minutes, that person was converted into granite and a in-home appointment tomorrow at 2.30. Like it was, it was, tears came to my eyes when I heard how this person did it. Hopefully but it, I was here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but it, it's a, it's definitely some opportunity just by measuring that and paying attention to it. Tim, you shared some, some data about time something about a callback that you had that you had read it was at, at the round table do you recall that it was you know five minutes or five hours something there was some magic time uh for callback that you know 90 percent of the time or something they closed the deal or it was it was unbelievable how fast that callback needed to happen yeah. um, and and i think that that is you know so important because that doesn't really require any skill other than kind of showing up right Tim, before you, before you comment on that i want to add this that was one of the things that held me back from doing this i mean i went on the internet and i don't remember what i was looking for like a water system and like within minutes i was getting phone calls from water system companies out there trying to sell me and i hate that i mean i i hate that marketing side of this but when Tim shows us how this is working, I said, okay, I agree. I have to quit thinking personally and start thinking about the business. And, you know, I've been to other seminars with this, but two where they say, you know, you have to make two or three phone calls to follow up on these things. We, you, have ahead, to be, you have to be polite, right? You have to be personal. You're building a relationship. 
But MIT did a study back in the late 90s where if you can return the call within five minutes, you have a 400% higher chance of closing it. And that was in the 90s. I mean, now- 400%. 400%. That was that that stat, by the way. That that was over 25 years ago. So imagine now that we have text messaging. And that's one thing like I'm trying to encourage that I feel like Mike's team has actually adopted really well is when they leave, send them a text. Thanks for coming in. If you got any questions, shoot me a text, right? And you don't have to, your salespeople don't have to have their own phones to do that. Like there's technology available to, to everybody can share it, but that's that personal feel that touch that I'm available, reach out to me, especially the newer generation. I mean, they, they want to be texted. They are afraid to talk on the phone. <laughs> right, and we really want to be low pressure. That's what my whole thing is about the company here is it's all about the customer. But when we send that text message, it's not to get them to come back in so much as just to say, hey, thank you for coming in. Here's my contact information if you, you, know, if you have any questions. Um, you know, just to, we hear so often that they go to the box stores and they walk out and nobody ever contacts them again. Nobody follows up. So the text messaging is something else we've talked about. You know, um, emails are kind of yesterday. We have to get the text messaging because everybody has their phone on them. So emails starting to become the new voicemail, right? Yeah. <laughs> my my kids' inbox are full for that very reason, so that mm-hmm. mom cannot leave any more voice. Nobody listens to voicemails. Stop. Well, I do, but I'm old. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you, Mike. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so. Um, you know, we were talking about things to grow into, like texting and attentiveness, um, prospect persistence in the MIT study. That's that's what you cited, Tim. Fantastic. Yeah, there's, there's one um, more metric to that. And so it's not just a five minute rule, but it's been proven that you need to reach out at least five to eight times. But it's not like, hey, are you ready? Hey, let's go. Hey, when's our appointment? You know, it's it's thoughtful things. Check hey, in. there's a new there's a new color in. I think you might like it, right? I mean, it, having creating that relationship, something that you'd be f- comfortable texting your wife or your spouse or your kids, right? I mean, that's just a few words, but five to eight times is is proven to have a huge impact. Super important. Um... One thing that we have touched, danced on a little bit, but haven't haven't gotten into yet is what's changed with CRM. You know, obviously we talked about your system and, and it bolting into like a more aware, but um, you know, discuss a little bit more about CRMs and accountability and how that works. Well, the, the big one was Salesforce, right? I mean, that that was the that's the 500 pound gorilla but you have to have an engineering degree to use it. You know, it's just so complicated. What did, I mean, you had experience with CRMs, right? What did you guys use before? So in my past life, we did use Salesforce. Uh, It was really interesting. We, we had a prior to that, uh, we had a, like a homegrown, homemade um, sort of management system. It was horrible. It was all about cutting and pasting your emails, you know, to, to show that you're doing the effort. It, you know, a lot of my reps were like spending so much time 
accounting for their work that they weren't doing the work right so that's always the challenge that's why I ask those questions about how easy it is to get you know to track and to get the information into that thing. Um, because that does take a lot of time to get that data right so if it's not intuitive and easy and it doesn't just flow in and that's where the the shift finally happened for salesforce because reps were just straight up refusing you know we're not we're not logging all the calls into the system it just takes too long and that's true even over here on the association side um you know for us we struggle with the system we currently have for our members right because it doesn't just automatically attach an email into the system and so i am yeah. i will say i'm the i'm the biggest offender on this it's so hard. I just, anything you have to go back and backtrack to document is time that just is lost, right? Well, well the marketplace is listening, right? Technology is continuing to get better. And the last time I checked, I think there was over 300 different CRMs that were available. It's just, it's crazy. It's like going on Netflix, having no idea what you want to watch, right? That's the worst feeling in the world. So we spent a ton of time researching the best CRM and we found it's called pipe drive. And what we did is we added a layer on top of it so that it automatically records the phone calls. It has AI that listens to the call, assigns it to the salesperson based on their voice automatically, and then links to their email. So any email that's sent automatically gets logged. So literally the, they walk in in the morning and every phone call that came into them yesterday is already entered in the CRM with all the phone calls and the transcriptions. And the technology is just getting better day after day. That's amazing from a management perspective, Mike. I mean, the accountability there, right? They know that it's gonna be transcripted. It's not as creepy as being recorded, by the way. Uh, something there's something less obnoxious about just a transcript, right? But it also puts some accountability on on the reps too. Um, you know, I can remember back in the day sending out little cards, three by five cards that they kept in their car as they went and made their sales calls that yep. reminded them, you want to talk about these three things. You must talk about these three things, you know? So it really it really puts that um, layer of accountability back onto that person because they know that, that that's, that's visible and can be seen, right? Good. Well, the, I, I, we have no CRM here. I mean, with Tim's system right now is that, I mean, we can go back and search more aware for granted or whatever, but we have no follow-up system or no customer relations system like that. And we were just having, I had another meeting yesterday about growing the company and growing it with sustainability. And I think the customer relations part of what we're doing with this, uh, Tim already has some ideas about sending out a, you know, once we did their kitchen, send something out for $50 off their vanity countertop or, you know, but we, if we don't have this customer information, we can't do that. I mean, one of the things that we've always talked about here was, you know, five years after the granted is installed, sending out an email, hey, for 150 bucks, we'll send somebody out to put $10 with a sealer on your countertop. And, but we don't have the, the management ability to do that. So that's where I think Tim will come in a lot moving forward was just sustaining the company you know, going back on these customers. So everybody says countertops are not a repeat business. No, that's not true. We get customers coming in that, you know, you did my parents' house or you did my neighbor's house. And, you know, there's a there's repeat business out there. We just have to go find it. Well, let's face it, people move every 
10 seconds or two years or whatever the current data is, right? Yeah. And moving around so you can install a countertop for them multiple times. So for sure. Um, give us a day in the life of uh, your team accountability. What does that look like? Do you do you circle back with your team, Mike, on a regular base? Well, I'm. Uh, <laughs> Tim will probably confirm this. I'm really a, a statistics nut. I mean, I can tell you my company what the cost per square foot, what the man hours per square foot. You know, how many square feet we're producing a day, what my cost per square foot is. You know, we we base it all. And I know there's people out there will disagree with this, but we base it on the square footage going through the shop, not on the the T dollars or what other people are doing. And it's working for us. But the accountability is to look at the quoting and say, okay, if we're going to hit our sales goal, we need to average 100 quotes a week. And to go back on this stuff, and I think the accountability with what Tim is doing of being able to have that and they don't know. I mean, they hang up the phone. You know, they don't know who to call back tomorrow. But mm -hmm. with the system that we have, it gives them more of an opportunity to, to I, you know, I, I don't know, go fishing for customers. Um, uh, you know, were you serious? You know, we, we really have a good color here. We have a new color or we have a promo going on to call these people back. So there is some accountability need, there. What we are you going to really, need more than anything in the recession? You're going to need more sales, yes. right? And we really don't make our salespeople, um, they're not commissioned. They, they get a salary or hourly and they, we pay bonuses every quarter. But it's more accountable that you have to perform, but we're not measuring them between each other. Um, but this puts a little competition out there that how many did I close? How many sales did I win last week or last month? So how do I get through a day? Um, we're constantly looking at what they're doing out there and now with this reporting that Tim has, he's sending me a report every day on how many new new leads or new new jobs are out there. So, Mike, what are you doing with Amy and the coaching? Because, you know, I think there's a few people we've caught that like when remnant calls come in, we can handle that differently. Have, um, you, have you guys tackled that yet? Yeah, we have kind of. Um, you know, they've listened to all the calls. Um, they, they can tell when people are, are not kind of like even Kaylin, one of the top two that we have out there in this whole system said the customer called in and she says, well, I really didn't do a very good job on that because I didn't even ask them if they wanted an appointment. I didn't get any information from them. I just told them, yeah, we're open tomorrow afternoon. Come on in. You know, and that's the coaching that Kaylin and Amy are doing with the other ones in the showroom that, okay, you need to take this one step further. You know, yeah. Would you like to make an appointment to come in tomorrow? You know, and that's the coaching that we're doing. And it, I mean, seriously, months ago, I would have thought this was all crazy. But you, what, you what, and I, Mike, you and I almost went to blows on that. I'll never forget when I tried to convince you that having saying that the showroom's always open is not an advantage. It, it yes. doesn't give them a sense of urgency and a scarcity that they need to come in like, oh, wow, you're going to be there tomorrow. You the one that knows everything. I need to come see you. Yes, yes. So anyhow, moving on, uh, you know, I, I learned and I adjusted and, you know, the Marines used to say adapt and overcome. I adapted and I've overcome it. So I'm moving on. You but you saw it with me. You overcame Tim Sidoris, really? 
<laughs> I, I found ways to manage Tim Sidoris. Yeah, for oh, sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, I have a question on commissions because that's always kind of a, a tough conversation, Mike. And I'm interested to hear from you if you think that, you know, you, you shared that you have a bonus system. Um, but my question would be because it's not structured <clears throat> in a competitive commission typical scale, do you think that that leads to more peer to peer mentoring? Um, yes, they, yes, I do. Um, we have a, the whole sales staff out in the showroom get along very well. Um, so I, I, they do help each other as, you know, with questions on different quoting and that kind of stuff. But I, you know, the, the commission system just, I think, puts too much pressure, especially with a Tim, like what Tim is offering here, you know, it's too much pressure. Well, I'm going to hoard these over here. In fact, one of the other companies we've been talking to, one of their salespeople said, Tim wanted them to enter their leads. Like if somebody just walks into the office right now, not a phone call, we should put that lead into the system and make the follow-up calls. And they said, well, why should I do that? Those are my leads. Well, no, they're not your leads, they're company leads. You know, That's so what, what Tim is doing here allows us to transfer calls, you know, the responsibility from one salesperson to another. Or if it's a difficult customer, you give it to the right salesperson to call them back. Like he said about the person that couldn't understand the English or understand the length. Well, hold on one second. Let me get somebody else on the phone to help you or, you know, not just push them off to the website. So I think that's a good point too, Mike, because I've, I've thought about that and seen that in other companies and, you know, it's got its ups and its downs, right? But but when you're tracking it and monitoring it, right? When every call that comes in and you can look at a close rate and when you're actively coaching, people just generally want to do better. If you're giving them the opportunity to learn and coach and you have a culture, you have a great culture for that. I mean, Amy and Kaylin love to help the other team members. I mean, why wouldn't they want to get better, right? right. And, right. and you, you're, I mean, you're close. We're almost there to where you're eventually going to start actively pursuing why we're not closing some of these right like starting to quantify them let's figure out why why did they go with somebody else you know why did they ghost us you know what are some things we can do to revive that right and, and that's what started us all out going back to the beginning with you tim was you know we monitor we track every day how many quotes we do how many um, wholesale quotes, how many retail quotes, how many Kaylin does, how many Amy does every day. And it's recorded on our, what we call our daily report. And it's open to all of them. They can all log into it and see what everybody else is doing. And there has been, I would say, a little friction in the past about, well, you know, I'm doing 75% of the work and you're only doing 25. <clears throat> and we have to figure out some way to share that load. And, and it's the same thing. I keep plugging your system, but the same way with yours. Maybe Amy answers the phone more often than somebody else. Well, she can't return all the calls, but right. your system allows us to push those over to somebody else and let share the load. So, and I think your compensation structure supports that teamwork too, Mike. So it's the kind of the perfect, the perfect all around. Right. We're. I mean, if anybody asks, we're a little bit above scale as far as our industry and our area. And, you know, we're doing well. I mean, I'm doing well. The company's doing well. Our people are compensated well. So they know if they perform, they get, they'll get bonuses. That's perfect. 
Well, any last words, Tim? Um, don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of technology. Um, you know, and, and if you just, you know, if, if you're afraid of something like this, you know, just listen in on a few calls, right? Just hang out with your people. I mean, it's people want to do better. Give them the, you know, give them the tools to get better because they want to do it. And it just gives a great culture too. People want to grow. And that's how technology should not be a punisher. Well, and Tim and I talked about one of our, another shop that <clears throat> he's dealing with this morning. And, you know, it's what I keep saying about ISFA, about members of ISFA. You get out of it what you put into it. And if you're not going to commit yourself to it, you know, like going to trade shows, or in this case, if you're not going to commit yourself to returning the phone calls or following up, it's not going to work. Yeah. And if you're going to do this, you need to be ready to commit. And this other company that we're dealing with is not. I mean, they need the help. I can see they need the help. Tim can see they need the help. Even the owner of the company admits they need the help, but they're not willing to commit the effort to do it, so. Well, let's face it, um, what 2% of gym memberships use the gym? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we could pay 30 bucks a month and just have it done, wouldn't that be, it'd be tidy, I, I'll say that, but for sure the work, the, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, and you know, you have to put in the work and it's true, it's true of ISFA and um, participating as a member, right? I mean, you, you definitely get out what you put in, Mike, you're so correct. Exactly. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, I'm excited because we're going to host a more in-depth workshop for ISFA members on July 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern. If you're thinking about becoming a member and you're not already, be sure to shoot me a line at nancy at isfanow.org or visit our website, www.isfanow.org. And thanks again, um, Mike and Tim. This is an awesome conversation. I have a crystal ball. Uh, but it sure doesn't tell me what what the future looks like so all of these things can sure add up to success in an uncertain uh, future that's for sure and one last plug for ISFA and for Tim if anybody has any questions you can get my information through through Nancy and feel free to email me or call me I'll be glad to discuss it with you thanks so much Mike thanks you too thanks for listening to hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.